0: So today is Shabbat Hagadol, uh, and in our uh, in our uh, Torah study, we're going to uh, answer any questions that people have about the Seder or Passover, the celebration of it. We'll look at the Haggadah, we'll talk about it, and uh, sort of uh, you know prepare ourselves for uh, for the Seder. Uh, but this morning, I, I uh, wanted to uh, share a little bit about. Uh, something that's related to Passover. If you remember a few weeks ago, uh, we talked uh, about um, a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And it had to do with passion and about taking the initiative uh, in our uh, walk with uh, the Lord. Uh, And it really struck me. This was on a Bible study uh, Tuesday night and on a Wednesday morning. And uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul is telling young Timothy, flee from these things. These things are things that detract from godliness. We'll just call it things that detract from godliness. Uh, Things that we go after that might be a variety of ambitions, but that things that are uh, more about ourselves than it is about God and godliness. And then he says, uh, you man of God, and pursue righteousness. Flee and pursue. Pursue, go after, like run after it. Uh, You know, and I think I shared with you that the word actually is also the same word that's translated persecute. Uh, Because when you persecute, you go after something. You're like trying to grab it, you know, and and get it, and that kind of thing. And that's that's a very strong word, this word pursue. Flee and pursue. Imperatives, present tense, like keep doing it, you know pursue, keep fleeing what is uh, not right and, pers- and go after uh, what, what is right. Uh, and, uh, and I shared that, I, you know, I think that it's very, this is a profound uh, passage for us right now about taking the initiative and not, not simply saying, Lord, uh, make me godly so that I wake up tomorrow morning, I'll be a godly person, or Satan, quit bothering me and then I'll be okay. In other words, we're just sort of passive receptors. But that's not the case. We're called to work hard at being spiritual people. We're called to take the initiative. Pursue, go after, practice, do these things. He says in this passage, fight the good fight. You know, he says, take hold of eternal life. These are action words. These are not words about sitting back and waiting for God to do something, right? They're action words. They require responsibility. Uh, They require uh, uh, thinking about it, acting on it, cultivating it, all recognizing that the ruach dwells within us, and he empowers us to live live this way, certainly. But we have to cooperate and not sleep and just assume that, like, you know how it is, like, you know, when you sleep, that's, you know, you're things happen in your body. There's healing that takes place. It's nutritious. But when it comes to spirituality, sleeping is not really really optimal uh, uh, for growing in the Lord, right? Yes, you need your sleep, but you need to be awake. What does Paul say in the book of Ephesians? Something about awake, O sleeper, you know? I, you know, I, I take advantage of every opportunity and uh and and so on, so taking the initiative, so then that made me think in prayer and just thinking about things, thinking about Beth Messiah, thinking about me, and you know, I don't know that there's a real need I believe for us to really uh take the initiative uh in our communal life and walk with the lord uh, and and uh and that requires uh you know the the power of the ruach not not uh not taking the initiative in our own power and just doing things like being religious people, right? But really taking the initiative in cooperation with the Ruach, with the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so I, I think that uh, during the uh, during this uh, holiday period, the um, uh, the Passover, the 50 days of counting the Omer, the devotional that we have, that Henry's preparing, we'll, we'll hear about that in a little while uh, uh, today, uh, and, uh, and just uh, our communal walk with God, that God is giving us an opportunity uh, for, I believe, something that we really need, and that is renewal, uh, a fresh empowerment of uh, the Ruach. Of, of the Spirit of God. Uh, not that we're like uh, deficient or we're doing bad things or anything like that. But I think it's a little bit of uh, like driving the car from here to Cleveland and after you get past 36 and 37, you put it in, uh, in cruise control and uh, you just got to make sure that car is going straight and you'll end up you know, uh, up in Cleveland. And so I think that uh, while we are a very busy congregation and we are a, uh, a congregation that accomplishes a lot of things and, you know, uh, does wonderful things. In fact, uh, just so you know, I was talking to a young man, uh, a Jewish believer up in Canada yesterday who's in ministry, and he said, oh, I've heard a lot about Beth Messiah. In Columbus, and it was all all really very good. So we have a wonderful reputation, but I think that we have a need uh, for a renewal of vision, uh, because God, uh, uh, you know, uh, has a calling on our lives, and on the life of Beth Messiah Congregation. And so during this count, this season of counting the Omer, uh, beginning on Tuesday, the twenty-third. Uh, when we uh, have our, uh, our Yom HaBikurim service, that uh, although that Tuesday and the successive Tuesdays during that 50 days, I think would be a great time for us uh, as possible to fast and pray. Uh, and you can define the fast any whatever way you want to fast. Um, but as taking time that day, all of it, part of it, a little bit of it, whatever it may be, uh, on those Tuesdays, to pray for Beth Messiah, pray for the congregation, pray for uh, a fresh empowerment, anointing, anointing uh, uh, by God upon us. It doesn't come by a meeting. It doesn't come by a Bible study. It just comes from God, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, uh, and I believe when we think about our future, this uh, our present and our future, uh, that this uh, is something that's really uh, important and necessary uh, uh, for us, to take that initiative in our walk with God, and uh, and we'll see what God, God indeed uh, will do. I shared this with the elders, shared it with our leadership, and uh, I was going to wait until I heard from everybody to say, yes, do this, but I have a feeling that no one's going to disagree. Uh, maybe Maybe some will. I don't know. But uh, I'm just, uh, this is an assumption that I hope I don't get in trouble for. But I think that I can say uh, that uh, as a leadership, I think we're all in agreement that this is a good thing uh, and, a, uh, and a necessary thing. That it's not just about putting on services and holidays and eggs. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but about walking with God. And so uh, for the next uh, few weeks... Um, where we have been, and we'll be talking about, different values, I think that we can get uh, when we talk about this passage in First Timothy chapter six, when it talks about pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance and gentleness. I think those are like huge categories, you know. And I think that we can put legs on these things by pursue specific values and virtues. It, that really define what it means to grow in the Lord and to be um, uh, a Messianic Jewish community uh, and, uh, and to see an empowerment of God which results in fruit. You know, you know what? I, I, uh, in, you'll be receiving an email on this, but I wrote to our leadership saying, uh, I believe the fruit of this will be an increase, period. The next sentence, sentence was, you may wonder what increase and I said, everything, just increase of everything, you, you know? And I think that is a real need for us uh, I, when it comes to, like, motivation and, and excitement about the things of God, I, I, uh, creativity, people, all of it, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so, as Yeshua said, some things only come by prayer and fasting, you know? Uh, and so uh, let's not just parse the verbs, let's actually do it. You know what I mean? So uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited about it, looking forward to it, and I hope this will, will uh, enhance our journey from Passover to Shavuot. Uh, very important. Okay. So when, uh, in this passage, when we put legs on these things, we talked a couple of weeks ago about generosity. Right? We talked about generosity. But isn't it interesting when we were talking about generosity, uh, I made the point that uh, it's not about like the bottom line uh, on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on the balance sheet, and it's not about uh, who gives the most, and it's not about what's the dollar amount at the end of the day, right? In 2 Corinthians 8, what did we learn? They gave themselves first to the Lord, and that the fruit... Of, of making oneself a living sacrifice, of giving oneself to the Lord, part of the fruit of that is giving, is letting go of all the things that we find our security in. And certainly, uh, the dollar sign is like the ground zero of where most of us find our security, right? Uh, and uh, and so we talked about generosity. Uh, so, you know, I think that's kind of poignant that uh, you know, when we talk about generosity, you're thinking, oh, he, you know, he guilted us into giving more. No, that's not what it's about. It's not about, uh, it's not about that. It's about giving ourselves first to the Lord. When we give ourselves as a community first to the Lord, we see change everywhere. Uh, I, I, as a, a famous uh, advertiser in Chicago would say, I guarantee it. No ups and no changes. Okay. Uh, And uh, it is absolutely true. As we as a community surrender to the Lord, as we as a community uh, give ourselves first to the Lord, we will see things turned upside down. Because there in that, you can look it up later, because it's from a couple weeks ago. In 2 Corinthians 8, Paul's talking about not one person. He's talking about a congregation in Macedonia who gave, who supported him, that didn't have a lot. They didn't have a lot. But they, but they gave a lot. And he says, they gave themselves first to, as a community. They gave themselves first to the Lord. You know, That actually is an important passage in my own personal uh, journey because I was sitting in a pew in a, in a congregation uh, where I went to hear someone sing a song and the speaker used that text. And the next thing you know, I'm on my way to Chicago to, and the rest is history. Uh, you know, it's like when the Lord called me uh, to vocational ministry, was hearing a message on that passage. Uh, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. You never know, when you give yourself first to the Lord, what God's going to do, you know? And uh, boy, our teens really need to hear that, but, so you can tell them that, okay? All right, so what do we want to talk about today? Well, we want to talk about another value. I, I've used all that time, that's terrific. Okay, uh, and uh, it is the value of humility. The value of humility, okay? Humility is another one of those values that it relates to so many other things, you know? Uh, when, we, uh, when we think about being humble, I, I think sometimes we get the wrong idea, frankly, about humility and, and being humble. Sometimes we think of it as, uh, like if I was talking about meek, which is actually a different trait. Uh, it's related, but not exactly the same. It's, it's kind of, but, but we think about it the same way. That meek equals weak, right? You know, that meek, meek and mild. And that humble is kind of like, you know, way down there, right? Uh, no, uh, it's not really a personality trait, you know? Some people are uh, introverts. Some people are extroverts. Some people are intra-extroverts, right? Uh, uh, some people are quiet. Some people are louder, some people, when they walk in a room, fill it up. Other people, you don't even know they're there, right? Uh, humility doesn't have, doesn't have to do with those things. Loud people can be humble, right? Uh, people that, uh, that uh, have presence, you know, uh, uh, can uh, uh, display a tremendous humility. Other people who uh, appear lowly uh, uh, can really be quite proud of it. You know? Uh, and waiting for people to notice that lowliness. You know? So uh, it really isn't a, a personality trait, but it is a character trait. It is a character trait. Character traits are things that, I, uh, that uh, demonstrate integrity. Uh, character traits are things that oftentimes are learned, and that we have to practice and then become a part of us, you know? So I, I, it, it might be right to say, you know, I'm by nature kind of a quiet person. Or by nature, I um, am very active, you, you, you know, a uh, very active person. But when it comes to character traits, those are things that some of them may be inborn, certainly. Uh, but generally speaking, they are things that we have to cultivate. Cultivate, learn, and, uh, and, uh, and practice. And the wonderful thing is that when we embrace Yeshua, we're empowered in the Ruach to be able to cultivate them, to be able to practice them, to be able, indeed, to live them out. And I think that for many of us as Messiah followers, there is an under-the-radar under the, uh, under the radar frustration of not really being the men and women who we really want to be. Because we've never really heard or thought about, I have to really work at this. It should be something that God just does in me, and so I better pray more, read more, study more, and that's it. But what we don't realize is that studying, reading, and praying are vehicles to help us get there, but we've got to work on those traits, okay? And that's basically, you know, what the scripture says. So when it comes to humility, I wanted to just start out with a little story, Okay, and this comes from a book called Everyday Holiness, uh, The Jewish Spiritual Path of Musar, which is about all that, what I just said, about practicing character traits. Okay? All right. So uh, the author, Alan uh, Morinus, Marinus, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name, Morinus, he wrote this. Soon after I had finished giving a talk, an elderly woman approached me. I greeted her and she started to say something you have a wonderful, wonderful. She began speaking slowly and stretching out the words, giving me lots of time to guess what it was she was leading up to. Voice. I finished her sentence in my mind. I had just addressed the group. No, then I thought maybe she was about to say way with words, since people do say I am, I'm articulate. And right after that, Because I felt I had just made a really good presentation, I upped the ante to presence. Before I could speculate any further, however, her sentence arrived at the station to which her words had slowly been winding. Wife, she pronounced, her eyes smiling warmly. Oh, I thought. Then, thank you, I recovered. And, uh, uh, you know, how do you know her? And then he just says after that, I've never had a more graphic illustration of my own instinctive craving for praise and honor. You know, so uh, I thought that was very, uh, very interesting. Uh, I know a few others, save them for other sermons. I know a few other uh, uh, stories like that. But uh, uh, it certainly is uh, one where uh, there there you see it. Sometimes this issue of... You know, am I humble? Do I really practice uh, uh, humility? Uh, something that uh, we, we certainly all I trust would would desire and and, and want to be. but down deep inside, sometimes uh, we have certain needs or values or desires uh, that really uh, we have to root out some some issues of pride and you know and uh, and and things of uh, of that nature. so, Humility is something we really have to cultivate, you know, uh, and we have to work at and practice and, and, and think about. Uh, of course, uh, we read about being humble uh, everywhere in the Bible, right? Uh, we read uh, uh, that Moses, for example, the most humble man on the face of the earth, we read, we read about that, right? Right? I we read uh, in other places that uh, we're called to boast in the Lord uh, and uh, uh, you know and and practice uh, uh, humility. I, uh, we read about learning to trust God in, in humility and uh, being humble. Some uh, verses that uh, I think are are helpful uh, in it is and some of them you know and some of them we even, sing songs about, like in, uh, you know, in Psalm uh, 34, uh, in uh, verse 2, right? My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and rejoice. You know, uh, when I boast in the Lord, making much of God. Uh, To be humbled means to make much of God and to have our focus on him. Uh, to be humble, when we talk about Moses being the most humble man on the face of the earth, uh, recognize that he was submissive to God. He was uh, a man who was subservient to, to God. Uh, uh, and, and it's kind of interesting uh, because the uh, in, in Hebrew, anav is the word, and it And it actually, you know, humility and humble are are, are not so much definitions of the word as they are meanings of of, of the word. It actually means afflict, you know, to be afflicted, uh, 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 to be low, right? Uh, And uh, uh, as applied to Moses, it doesn't mean like sick uh, or afflicted, But to use a a kind of a negative kind of word that when it comes to God, though, has a a positive understanding is like subjugated, you know, uh, uh, to God. We're we're, we're servants of God, slaves of God, we're accountable to God. Uh, And when one recognizes that, that seems to be, when you add it all up, what being humble uh, is, uh, one who recognizes that, in other words, it's not about me, and it's not about my ability, it's not about who I am. It's about God and what God allows, and what uh, you know, what uh, God calls us to, and and being obedient to God and being concerned about that, you know, and serving God and doing what He would have us to do. That seems to be uh, uh, what humility. Um, Really is. Now, how it works itself out, you know, how it's demonstrated, that's another story, which, which we'll see. But you know, in uh, Deuteronomy, for example, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, we read there about the Israelites in the wilderness. It says, uh, And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. Later on, it says, the reason for manna was to humble you. In other words, uh, God brought the Israelites through an experience where they had to learn to trust God. They had to learn that uh, that he is their king and not Pharaoh. They had to learn that their food, the food that they had came from God, and they had to trust him, they had to follow him, they had to obey him. And that's called being made humble see? Uh, And uh, uh, certainly uh, in lots of places, uh, in uh, the Psalms and Proverbs and elsewhere, that is uh, how humility and being humble is described. When it's applied to our soul, uh, you know, uh, that usually refers to fasting, like afflicting your soul, uh, being made low. Uh, When we fast, we're focused on God. When we're fast, we're denying ourselves something it's not about me. Food is about me, right? Uh, in so many ways. But so when we when we deny ourselves something that something that we need or live on for a season, not uh, for any other reason other than than to focus on God or be devoted to Him, we're saying, It's not about me. And so there comes the humility. Uh, There comes the sense of being humble. When Moses appears before Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 10, Moses says that a plague is going to come upon Egypt because you did not humble yourself. This is what Moses says to Pharaoh. You did not humble yourself before God. In other words, you did not obey him. You you did not see him as the authority. You do not see him as a God, and you're doing what you want, so you're not humbling yourself before a God. That's how the word uh, is, uh, is used. So physically, it means to be brought low, but how it's used is uh, in relationship uh, uh, to God. A great passage uh, in the Tanakh is uh, in... Um, Isaiah chapter 66, Isaiah 66, in uh, the beginning. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth my, is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one, this person, I will look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit. You know, another word of saying that is like poor in spirit. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay. To him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. So humility, the one who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. The humble person recognizes the authority of God. The humble person recognizes the, that, that God is, God is huge and greater than everything, like what's in verse 1. The humble person recognizes that. The humble person doesn't think they can control God. The humble person uh, recognizes that they're really small uh, in relationship to God, and God says, that's the person that I pay attention to. That's what uh, humility uh, is. Okay, In the Brit Shah in the New Covenant... It really means to be low of mind, in most of the places where it is to be low in, in mind, to be. Uh, to, and and it's interesting what some writers will, will say that you can't you have to start higher up so that you can become low, and so it's not about self abasement. In fact, we even read we'll we'll see we'll read a, a verse where the word is used uh, to mean don't um, you know don't be a person. Uh, that that makes yourself into nothing, uh, and a person that that hurts themselves. Basically, it says, uh, and and you know, so humility is not putting yourself down. Humility is not I'm no good. I'm of no use. Humility is not poor pitiful me, as Linda Ronstadt sang. Uh, right. It it is. It is not. In in fact, uh, one needs to have a proper understanding of self in order to really be a humble person uh, and and practice uh, humility. Okay. Now I read a book, a very interesting book. It's called Humilitas, uh, and it's written by a businessman, a, a believer. It's a businessman. Uh, and he's writing about humility, and he was saying it's, uh, you know, it's a very elusive character trait uh, for himself, e- even. Uh, and uh, now, of course, he's coming from one of these, like, um, you know, uh, business uh, leadership, uh, you know, put it in first gear, go 100 miles an hour leadership kind of guy, right? Uh, so how do you apply humility here? How do you, how do, you do that? So, you know, in his life and in his way, uh, he talks uh, about using all of your resources uh, for the betterment of others, using all your resources. So it means, you You know, sometimes people have real power and resources, like, you know, lots of money and power and, you know, and things of that nature. Uh, uh, You can be humble and have all those things, but it's what you do with it. It's what you do with it. So he says this. Humility uh, uh, is the noble choice to forego your status, to deploy your resources, or use your influence for the good of others uh, before yourself. Uh, More simply, you could say that a humble person is marked by a willingness to hold power in service to others. Uh, and, And so that's also, you know, it gives us food for thought. But it's very similar to something in the Bible... Uh, that we hold quite dear, especially, uh, it was the word resources that, that like, was the claw was, uh, you know, in my face. Because when you go back to a certain passage that we, you know, you may not know a lot of Hebrew, but there's some Hebrew you know. And uh, you know, v'ahavta uh, et Adonai Elohecha, right? That's uh, the Shema, Right? So, uh, it says there, uh, And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Okay? So, when you read uh, what many of the sages of Israel have said about this, when you come to the word might, all your might, love the Lord with everything you have, with every resource that you have. Love the Lord with everything. You know? Uh, And really, that verse... In a sense, sums up what what humility is: loving God with every ounce of our being. You know, using all of your energy to serve a God, living out the Shema. I uh, you know is a humble a way of life. It can mean suffering. You know, it can mean suffering. I uh, uh, but the real import is that a humble person is not a proud, arrogant person right it works itself out in a life not being filled with myself and so therefore it is displayed uh, in the way that we approach others uh, and the way that uh, we approach uh, and the way that we approach a god okay Uh, in the uh, new covenant we read uh, in, uh, I, I think that humility is best uh, described in a variety of passages, not only all the verses that tell us to be humble, right? You can look up all the verses. If we'll have time, I'll read some of them. But you know that it says that, and we'll look at a few. I, but, I, uh, and by the way, the fact that there are commands to be humble tells us that it's something you have to do. And something you have to practice, because I will say for most of us, humility is not a natural is not a natural trait. You know, I think for many of us, uh, we have uh, insecurities in our lives where we desire to be humble, but we what we really need and crave, oftentimes, uh, is the approval of others. And so it takes really. Uh, uh, a well-rounded individual to really be a humble, a humble person. It takes courage. It takes strength to really be a humble person. That's why it's, it's a trait that is cultivated, and, and that it's one of those lifelong things that we all have to work at, uh, but that in the power of the Ruach, we can always be moving forward in, okay? All right, so let me describe it in a couple of verses, in First Corinthians chapter one, in First Corinthians one, Paul says something that really describes humility, I think. He says these words, beginning in verse 26, "For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise." And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not that he might nullify the things that are, that no man should boast before God. But by his doing, I actually have that underlined in my Bible, but by his doing, not my doing, by his doing, You are in Messiah Yeshua, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that it is just that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now, in a few minutes, we'll talk about some practical applications of this and how we can practice it. And let me just say, I'm stepping on my own toes on this one, okay? So, uh, you know, he's saying God has chosen people that don't have lots of uh, natural talent, it seems, you know, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to turn the world upside down. It seems that, well, one thing is you don't have to be a really good orator, right? Because think about Moses, not a great orator, Right? I, you don't have to have a, a particular kind of pedigree. Think about the apostles. Now, they were no slouches. They, 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 I mean, they were no slouches. They were hard-working people. But they were not sages. They were not sages. I don't think one of them... Now, here, how's this for reading, re, reading something into the Bible? <laughs> for the, it's like a rhetorical statement. None of them ever went to a seminary, okay? Now, does that mean uh, we should not get educated? No. What I mean is that we should not view spirituality in terms of what I can accomplish and, and, and what traits I might have, uh, you know, to really make a difference. I'm a real quiet person. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person that stands up in front of people. Well, you know what? Neither was I uh, <laughs> at, at a, a particular point in my life. That's for sure. Uh, uh, and the fact is, is that when we, allow, when we surrender, God will do things in your life and in our community that you never thought would ever happen, or be, or, or, or do, you know? Uh, and so that's what he's saying, that no man should boast. Now this quote at the, in verse 31 comes from the book of Jeremiah. I actually, when I first read it, I thought... Oh, that must be from Psalm 34. But no, it is from Jeremiah chapter 9 in, in verses 23 and 24. And I just thought, wow, you know, I hadn't planned on turning there, but uh, that quote is great. So in Jeremiah chapter 9 in verse 23 and 24, thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, nor let the mighty man boast of his might. Nor let a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Boast in the Lord. Boast that I know the Lord. You know? Just as if, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, you know a famous person right? Uh, we might say, hey, you know, uh, I'm friends with, uh, you know, this person or that person. And we might just like to just let people know that, you know? Well, let us boast in knowing Yeshua. Let us boast, uh, you know, in him. Uh, uh, that is, that breeds uh, humility. That breeds uh, humility, Okay. Uh, recognizing uh, that God is at work. So I have here not just giving, so to speak, boasting in God or giving God the credit for what happens, uh, but, and really meaning it, not that it's after you won the World Series and say you want to give thanks to God for all the great things that I've done, you, you know but, but really boasting in the Lord and in knowing Him. And then recognizing that it is God at work. You know, in First Corinthians chapter 3, in uh, verse uh, 4, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. Even as the Lord, it gives opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. That's humility. God is the one doing it. We're just showing up. We're just doing what he's called us to do. And really recognizing that and really believing that, that comes out in the way that we carry ourselves. Not that I'm doing it and God's given me a little help. No, God is doing it and he's allowing us to participate. That indeed is humility. And then, of course, demonstrated in action by the way that we interact with other people. And of course, the passage for that and the example of that is not Paul, not Apollos, not Moses, but Yeshua, right? And of course, in uh, Philippians, in the second chapter, in verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude. You've got to think this way. You know, really have it inside of you. And that comes by thinking about it. That comes by practicing. That comes by meditating on it. I, not by sleeping on it, and I hope that God does this work in me. Right? He's done the work in you. The question is, will we live it out? Or do we like to hang on to our pride and hang on to our personal arrogance uh, because I need it, even though I know the Lord? But he's done the work in you. If you know the Lord, He's forgiven your sins. You have the ruach, you're in the process of that transformation. But when I read the Bible, I read verses like put on the new self, or be a living sacrifice. That takes initiative. That's what we pursue. So it says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Messiah Yeshua, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. See, So we read it twice here, right? about being humble, and it says here, he humbled himself. How? By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the tree. Therefore, also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Uh, and you can read the rest of it. Well, uh, that would be not right for me not to read it right. That the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow, of those who are in heaven and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah, is Lord to the glory of a God the Father. Okay? So be like uh, Yeshua. Now this is really... Uh, uh, you know, very interesting in what it says about Yeshua. He did not regard his position, his privilege, or his power in his desire to serve. He was serving his father. In you know, he's serving his father. So, so in other words, he had a particular privilege, a particular power, a particular position, and he didn't. He didn't regard those. He didn't take them like uh, into consideration in in what. In in what the people need. He didn't need to display all of that. Okay? But it says he emptied himself. I would suggest that he did not really empty himself of his position. And he didn't really empty himself of his power. And he didn't really empty himself of his privilege. He still had all of it. Contrary to what you might read in many commentaries. (laughs) Okay? That he still had all. This is what makes Yeshua so unbelievably humble. He didn't lose any of that. But what he did is that he suffered and died for the sake of humility. He used his position. He used his privilege. And he used his power to the ultimate service of others. They did not have to be overtly displayed. But he was who he was when he lived and he died. He poured himself out. That's what we read, and I don't have time to read it now, but in Isaiah 53, this is what Paul is referring to. When you read Isaiah 53, you keep reading down toward the bottom. It says, he poured himself out. That's how he made himself a trespass offering. He poured himself out. And then later on, by the way, Paul relates to this. You can read it, uh, but it says, he poured himself out. In verse 17, but even I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. He's saying, I have desired and to live this way. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, this is uh, what it means. That no matter who we are, no matter what we have, we need to have the attitude of, uh, of Yeshua. Uh, that, that is what we are called to be. To... Uh, 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 to be humble in the sense of our, uh, we're, we're here to serve. And that's what Yeshua says, you know. He came not to be served, but to serve. Uh, in uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, he says this very succinctly uh, and uh, very well in verses uh, 42 to 44. Uh, he sa- it says here, And calling uh, them to himself, Yeshua said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. But their great men exercise authority over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, but to give his life as a ransom for many. We are called to give our lives for the purpose of God. That breeds humility. In other words, it's not about self-esteem. It's not what it's about. It's not about uh, things related to my view of myself. It's my calling before God to be a slave of God. And if I have that mindset, this is indeed how I will live. So in Colossians, the book of Colossians, we might say, how do, I, how do I do this? In Colossians chapter 3, it says in verse 12, as those, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. They kind of all go together. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another, a humble person puts up with people. Lovingly, not grudgingly. Puts up with people. Forgiving each other. A humble person forgives. A humble person does not go around collecting offenses. That's pride. Pride breeds getting upset with people. Pride breeds being offended. I'm highly offended. Offended, 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 offended. Humility doesn't take offense. Okay? Okay. Yeshua demonstrated this. Humility forgives. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave him, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of uh, unity. And so love is kind of one of those ooey-gooey words. However, there's a great passage that you have heard, and on many a greeting card, and Uh, many uh, a wedding ceremony uh, where we uh, hear about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's humility. If we really are a lover, as God calls us to be, we will be humble people. Okay? And then he goes on to say, and let the peace of Messiah rule over your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. A humble person is content, going back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, godliness is a great means of gain accompanied by contentment. Then he says flee the things that take away from it and pursue the things, you know, that bring it, right? Uh, uh, Peacefulness. And then he says this in verse 17, and this is like the capstone of this little section. And whatever you do in word or deed, in all, all of it, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So, whatever you do, as long as you recognize that you're serving God, that He is your boss, that He is your king, that He is your leader, that we are subjected to Him, we are submissive to Him, that He pulls the strings, He is the one uh, that we please. uh, It's all about Him that makes for a humble person. Okay? So, therefore, just in closing, we could say, Therefore, a humble person desires to volunteer for things because it's not about me. It's not about, well, I, I, I don't know, I, mm, I, 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 you know, Uh, a humble person says, there's a need, I want to meet it. A humble person says, I surrender all to you. Now, if this was like First Baptist, we could sing that song, right? But it isn't, so we won't. Okay, Uh, so uh, a humble person Desires to serve. Serve. We're serving God. We serve others. Serving others is a reflection. in the way we serve, uh, unbridled, you know, not as a means of people liking us. That's how you get burned out. Not as a means in order for people to say, I guess, I guess they're okay. No, that's not humility. That might be false humility. That might be faux humility. Real humility is, I love the Lord. You know, I'm walking with him. I am created in the image and likeness of God, and I belong to him. He has called me to serve, and I surrender to him. That's a healthy person. You know what I mean? And that is humility. A humble person gives. A humble person defers to others. Lovingly defers to others. doesn't have to be my way. A humble person is a unifier. A humble person recognizes that the good news and the furthering of the communal vision is more important than myself. And what I think it ought to be. That's humility. Because it's not about me. A humble person is a good listener. A good listener. A humble person doesn't have to listen to someone and then be thinking, what am I going to say now? Uh, Or this. A person shares something going on in their lives, and the next thing that they hear is how you can relate because you've had 10 different experiences that, 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 that relate to that person. And when you think about it, what we're doing is, I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about myself. It's all about me. A good listener just listens, listens, and pays attention, you know, because it's not about me. The Lord is going to meet this person, but I'm here, and I'm going to sit, I'm gonna sit with this, I'm I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna be there, right? A humble person, oh, I actually will not have to share something about themselves all the time. A humble person doesn't have to talk about themselves. Now, sometimes we have to talk about ourselves, but it's not about humility. That's about we have a need to share and talk about ourselves because I need somebody to commiserate with me. Yes, we need to meet that need. And whoever you're talking to needs to practice humility and be a good listener and a good lover, a good lover of, of you, a good lover of, of others. Wow. So how do I do this? You've got to practice it. Practice listening. Practice listening consciously. You know, I'm going to talk to someone and I'm not going to talk about myself. I'm not going to uh, talk about all my experiences. I'm just going to say, how are you? What's going on in your life? Now, what's going to happen in the Oneg today, no one's going to say anything because no one's going to want to talk about themselves, (laughs) right? Okay, so you'll have to get over that because we love to talk about ourselves, okay? All right, Uh, but, you know, practice it consciously. think. Think to yourself, you know, I'm going to volunteer because I'm serving God and I want to be that kind of person like Yeshua, and you practice it, you practice it. Maybe at the beginning, you don't feel like doing it, you know, and you're doing it, But I I really, oh, I'm missing this thing, and I really wanted to do that. But you see, but if you practice that over time, over time, you'll get over that. You'll get over that with the power of the Ruach, with the leading of God, the leading of the, the Holy Spirit. You will end up with a good attitude, but practice it, practice it, and you'll see that humility, that sense of I'm really serving God. Wow, God is doing this work in my life. So whether we're talking about generosity Whether we're talking about humility, it comes back to those Macedonians. But they gave themselves first to the Lord. And so this is how we put legs on our spirituality. Practice generosity. Practice humility. What does this have to do with Passover? Everything. It's not just about going through an exercise of remembering something and rejoicing about what God has done. If God has really done this work in your life, well then, let's demonstrate it. Let's live it out. And we will see that when you live this way, pursuing it, fleeing the things that that don't help, and really going after these character traits, going after these virtues, you will see God use you in ways you never thought could ever be. And if we do that as a community, as we pray and fast over these uh, 50 days, over, over the, we will see Beth Messiah transform. We will look at 42, 43, 44 years as the uh, introduction to what God is doing in our community. We will make a difference in the Jewish world. We will make a difference in Columbus, Ohio, and in this whole world. Let's pray. Lord uh, God, uh, I pray, I pray for me, Lord, that I would really work on these, on these virtues. Lord, help me to be generous. Help me to be humble, Lord. Help me just to desire to serve like Yeshua, who was who a ransom for many. In our own way, Lord, may we be a ransom for many. In our own way. May we be slaves for Messiah. May we simply, as it all comes back, may we live out the Shema. May we love you with every bit of us. Some people like to say muchness. Some people like to say every bit of us, all of us. Uh, But Lord, whether we're talking about our emotions, our will, our resources, our inner uh, self, Lord, may we love you fully. And as we do, Lord, we look forward God, to the transformation that's coming. We look forward because you're the one who's doing it. It's not about a message. It's not about a program. It's not about a meeting. It's about you, Lord. Lord, we look forward to this Passover. We look forward to this Resurrection Day. Yom Habikurim. We look forward to counting the Omer. We look forward to going on this journey together. And we do it all in the name of Yeshua.